Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. Today, we've got a lot of awesome revenge stories, and our first story of the day is from Synthora's 2, Nepotism Backfires on Boss. I, 32-year-old male, worked for a family-owned large-scale retail chain. Even though they had nearly a hundred showrooms, the business still operated like a typical family-owned business. The owner's childhood friend was the senior advisor to the company, and his four kids were put on varying positions of power straight out of high school. I was the only guy who knew the technical details of the product we were selling. I was responsible for marketing the products, but also for training, recruitment, operations support, troubleshooting, and anything else they could think of. They had me on a contract of non-compete when I joined them. Because of the highly specific nature of the industry I specialized in, I didn't have a shot at getting into any of our competition, nor could I easily switch over to another industry. They had me in a tight spot and kept me on a pay scale that was suitable for a junior executive, even though I'd been handling projects worth millions. The worst part was the senior advisor, SM, would always try to nag me with little things like not submitting timestamps for any client meetings or taking more than half an hour for lunch. SM would also tell the boss's kids that they should have better control over me or I will replace them. The guy had a history of destroying the career of anyone in the company who grew close to the boss. The kids took his advice seriously and ended up bossing over me on everything. I had to pass every email or proposal through them to the boss and, if I slip up, they started raising complaints to their dad about it. The boss would inevitably take their side and ended up telling me to work under their instructions. I'd been working on a major contract with a high-stake client for over six months. I had researched, targeted, networked, and did a lot of groundwork to get a meeting with the guy. When the guy called me in for a meeting at last, I decided to attend it and win the project before bringing the boss and his family on the loop. The client was happy with the level of technical and product-specific information I provided and placed a massive order. We're talking about a single contract worth $2.5 million in value. The product in question is a very high-value premium item that needs to be custom-developed by specialists. The client was very specific on the need for individualized customization for each item. Even though every instinct in my gut was telling me I should take it straight to the boss, I decided to follow the protocol in place. The kids were furious I didn't keep them in the loop on such a high value project, but were happy as well about the deal. They told me to take a long weekend and return after three days. I took a well-deserved mini vacation and returned to the office. My boss called me in to let me know that his kids and SM had landed a multi-million dollar deal and that I need to run support on the deal. There I sat in a conference room surrounded by the four kids, senior advisor who looked smug, and the dad who seemed to know what was happening but still playing along. I told them I was the one who got the deal. The eldest kid said, yeah, at our direction. The daughter piped in saying, you're just the employee, remember that. You work at our direction. You did your job and we gave you an amazing reward of a long weekend. Be happy with that. 
I sat there in shock as what they said sank in. They were weaseling out of paying any bonus or incentive for the deal. Even though there was a clear paper trail and evidence that I was the one who landed the client and got them the deal, they were shafting me out of paying the bonus. The boss looked on without saying anything. He seemed a little ashamed but ended up siding with his kids as he said, It doesn't matter who got the deal. The main thing is you're the one who will work on the project to make sure it's delivered. By this point, I'd been working for over 9 years with these people. I had a mediocre pay and no prospect of career growth. I knew I was not going to get another job in the industry I love in the country I lived in. I stood up and looked the boss straight in the eye and said, I'm done. I cannot work with your kids or senior advisor anymore. I left the room without a backwards glance. Turns out senior advisor had hoped I would do this and jumped at the opportunity to badmouth me to the boss. The kids piled on and the boss gave me the notice to leave immediately rather than serve the three months of notice period. Apparently senior advisor had advised the boss that I might sabotage the business if I stayed on and that his kids and him could handle any work that I was handling. So after nine years of pouring my life and soul into this business, I left with only a weak thanks from the boss and a smirk on the faces of the kids. My wife was supportive and she luckily had an opportunity in another country. We relocated within two months and here I am now. It's been almost a year and I remain unemployed as I had no market exposure in the new country. But I'm taking this time to be a stay-at-home dad and enjoy every minute of it with my son. I've never been so relaxed and happy. Almost every employee in the company's on good terms with me and they've been updating me on everything. Turns out the boss assigned his eldest daughter and son to finalize the deal with the client. They set up a meeting to let him know that they'll be the ones to handle his project. When he asked them specific deals on the customization, they couldn't get their facts straight. The client ended up canceling the deal. Senior advisor tried to scramble and arrange another meeting with the client. Even then, they didn't have anyone who was able to answer all the queries the client had. Apparently, the client got annoyed and asked about me. When he learned that I was no longer working, he told them he's not going to take any more meetings with them. They lost a project that would have given them a million dollars in pure profit. They soon lost a few more existing tender bids for not being able to provide adequate technical details. One day, I got a call from senior advisor. He was all cheerful and asking how I'm enjoying my break and if I'm ready to get back to work, as if nothing had happened. I asked him what he meant. He said, I can take you on as a consultant. You work from that country and provide remote support, and I'll pay you directly. I asked him if the boss was aware of this deal. He didn't answer me and ended the call, asking me to think about it. A few weeks later, the boss calls me and asks me to join back immediately. He said, We'll give you a 10% raise. Just join within the month. I refused and he blew his temper. He accused me of being petty and that I should take this opportunity to get back to work. He threatened me further, stating that he'd already spoken to all the local competitors with whom he had a backroom agreement with to not hire me at any cost. I still refused and said, I have never had a more satisfying responsibility than the one I have now. I will never go back to your firm and best of luck running it with your kids and senior advisor. I still don't have a job and I'm not keen on jumping into the next opportunity unless it offers me a balanced work life. The boss and his kids continue to lose clients and the business has started shrinking now. 
They still continue to badmouth me to the local industry experts for being so petty, but I've learned to enjoy the Pyrrhic victory. There's definitely nepotism, and then there's just some like ridiculous next level like this. I think all around this business sounds straight up awful and honestly the world stands to lose nothing if a business like that went out of business, even if they did like a really valuable service. Wouldn't you guys agree? If there was a company that did a really valuable and important service, but internally was riddled with nepotism and putting down anybody that wasn't in the in-group, wouldn't it be straight up better for it not to exist altogether? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Shiboleaf, cancel someone's food order. I have a somewhat common email address that people with the same first initial and last name tend to abuse when they don't want spam. This has led to some interesting emails, up to and including me emailing an admin, asking his user to please change his email before I cancel his metro pass, and that I didn't really need to know about his interest in animals. Recently, this has moved to someone not wanting to be bothered with their food order receipts. I'm fairly fed up with this unsecure behavior, so I waited as the receipts were sometimes three a day. Tonight, I struck. The email came in for a place they've ordered from repeatedly, so I called in, said I changed my mind, and wanted to cancel my order. About 20 minutes later, I got the refund notification. Don't know if the dude got a notification that his order was cancelled, but I kind of hope he drove his fuel guzzler over there to find out. Same dude also signed me up for marketing materials with Jegs. Edit, and there goes his cookie order, along with his account to order more cookies. I maintain that unless you're like over the age of 50 and just legitimately do not know any better, then you are impressively bad at living in a first world country if you go and keep using an email that you don't even have. How does somebody confidently keep putting in an email that doesn't even belong to them and they have no access to? You're basically like offering up any saved payment methods or any personal information on any account you do that with. Our next story is from Oh My God It's Cheese What The Freak. Sorry, we're not a bank. We ordered a meal from Just Eat, which is a UK delivery service like DoorDash, but with, at this time this was a few years ago, much better customer services. One of the key differences at the time between this service and DoorDash is that the restaurants use their own drivers. Although since then, Just Eat also now has the gig economy drivers too. This means that the driver's time and pay was nothing to do with Just Eat. For some reason I can't recall, we had ordered as cash on delivery instead of paying by card. Our order came to $22.50 and we paid with a 20 and 10 pound note. The driver who delivered it said he had no change and would go back to the restaurant and get it. He doesn't return, so we phoned the restaurant, only to be angrily told, We are not a bank and having the phone hung up on us. So we went to Just Eat's customer support, who in turn apparently threatened to remove the restaurant from their service for non-compliance if we did not get our change. So the next day, the driver comes to our door again, and this time he has a 10-pound note in his hand. He then asks for the £2.50 in change. We say, sorry, we're not a bank. He had to go back to the restaurant again and get exact change then come back and give us our £7.50 pence change. The driver thought it was hilarious. He said he doesn't care, he gets paid either way for his time. He said his boss was absolutely fuming but couldn't risk losing the Just Eat business. Petty? Absolutely. Did we ever dare order from that restaurant again? Heck no. 
All I know is, is this restaurant better make darn sure that's just about the only occurrence of that happening? Because I feel like if just about anybody had this kind of experience, unless it's like the only restaurant in the area you can possibly order delivery from, it's probably not likely that people are going to order from there again. I know if I got basically screwed and attempted to be hung dry on 7 pounds 50 pence, and I had to go through customer support and wait around an extra day and whatnot, I'd probably try to blast that company on whatever review platform, and I would think very, very long before ever giving them my business again. This next story is from somebody named My Dog Actually You Know What's Me. I started trolling the local tow company after I realized they were camping near expirations. My friend's apartment required online registration for 24-hour parking passes, and sometimes that means arriving at 3 or so in the morning and having to renew it within 10 minutes at 3 a.m. the next night to keep it going, since it's impossible to renew in advance. At first, I thought it would be inconsequential if I was a few minutes behind, so my alarm went off and got dressed and used the restroom. But by the time I got out to my car to replace the code in the window, hardly 15 minutes had passed, and my car was already gone. I thought I'd just been unlucky, until it happened again a couple weeks later. I just couldn't get over the fact that somebody could be so hawkish towards residence guests, especially in such a low-income area, and I'd already paid $700 of my measly $841 monthly income in tow fees, which put me in a pretty dire and desperate situation over what should have been a routine and straightforward visit with a friend. That kind of thing just shouldn't happen, you know? I shouldn't have to be so stressed and vigilant to avoid a devastating financial loss every time I want to hang out with my friend. So the next night I waited for them to show up to tow my car, just to start it up and give them the middle finger when they showed up two minutes later, and even when I'm not in town I've been registering to park there at ungodly hours, just to bait them into showing up to find nothing there when it expires. I'll continue to do so until I'm satisfied. A comment on their Better Business Bureau page complained about their antics that they stalk around low-income apartments and swoop in to pick up the rides when it's less likely that people are awake to renew, and complain that they couldn't make rent that month because of it. The address registered for the business was a beautiful two-story home. I hope he enjoys the heck out of it. I hope it's worth the pain he's caused. So basically, if I get this right, it seems to be like a one-man, maybe two-person operation that I guess works the night shift and just goes around picking up cars at two, three, four in the morning when they expire. I mean, I guess you can't say they're not doing their job, but it is darn predatory, especially to be doing it all in low-income areas and preying off people that honestly probably very often can't even afford to pay that towing bill off. I know in some places they've made it illegal to do predatory towing like that, but I wouldn't be shocked if this took place somewhere where it wasn't. This next story is from Mama Lion 12 We just scared the crap out of two kids and I'm not even sorry. So it's around 8.15 here, right? Well, it's finally gotten cooler, so my neighbor, single dad with two boys, probably around 8 or 9, let his kids start playing kickball in our foyer. My son, 17-year-old male, and I, 39-year-old female, are having one of our chats and suddenly their kickball slams into my screen door. Okay, that's kids. It made a loud sound, so that spooked them, right? Nope, a few seconds later, BAM! Well, I have a doorbell cam with audio. I got an evil idea. I pulled up my cam app and went to live feed. 
they were still kicking it against my door, so I hit the call button and whispered, I can see you. They stopped dead for just a heartbeat and then ran like heck into their apartment. My kid and I have been dying for like 10 minutes. Oh, sweet revenge. My son was like, you just gave kids nightmares, mom. Then we high-fived and laughed some more. I'm an awful person. Oh, what's a little mental trauma for some unruly kids? I'll tell you one thing, though. They're definitely going to think twice before ever kicking that soccer ball, probably even in the foyer anymore. Our next story is from Darth Air. No, this is not your email address. There's a lady named Irene who doesn't seem to be able to understand the concept that my email address is not hers. She gives it out constantly and repeats. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Did repeated efforts to explain to her that she has it wrong have gone unheeded. Strong boomer energy from this one. As a result, I know she lives down in the US. She banks at Chase. She drives a Toyota RAV4 that's due for an oil change, and she seems to be having some medical issues down there. Irene, if you see this, call your doctor. She sounds concerned. I've repeatedly asked the various people involved to please inform Irene that she's providing all these places with my email address, which is, again, not hers. The only piece of information she has never provided is her phone number, so I've not been able to call her. Although I did send her a Christmas card last year that read, Irene, Merry Christmas, stop telling people your email address is my email, it isn't, it's mine. Recently it appears that Irene has been trying to buy a new house, and is planning a trip to Venice. I know this because I got all the confirmations of her travel plans from her travel agent, as well as all the confirmations from her mortgage broker and insurance agent. This resulted a couple weeks ago in somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 emails a day informing me of every detail in each of these transactions. So I followed my usual approach. I emailed the agents back and, probably less politely than I could have been, informed the agents that Irene is once again giving out my email address as her own and I have no interest in any of the private documents they'd sent her. Apparently they tried to call her. Unfortunately, I suspect they all tried to call her within a few minutes of each other to tell her the same thing, and she got very angry with all of them. She told them very rudely that in fact my email address is hers, and people needed to stop telling her that it wasn't, and why hadn't any of them sent her any emails yet, confirming all of this stuff she was trying to do. Not long after, I separately got apologetic emails from each of them, 
the insurance agent, the travel agent, and the mortgage broker, telling me that they were very sorry. But Irene was very insistent that this was her email address, so they couldn't remove it from her account. This seems very stupid to me, but I'm not American and don't understand American rules. So I told them that I was apparently Irene, and I'm completely sure that I did not apply for a mortgage. Or for insurance that all of those should be cancelled immediately. The mortgage broker told me that if we did that, we may not meet the date required in the contract for the removal of subjects. I told them that since I, Irene, was not applying for a mortgage, that didn't matter. The travel agent, who it seems had received the majority of the earful from Irene, seemed completely indifferent to my request to cancel my trip to Venice. She did tell me that there might be a cancellation fee for the original flight to Frankfurt. Why she was flying to Frankfurt to get to Venice, I have no idea. I assume there's no direct flights to Italy? So I told her to cancel all the rest of the flights and hotel rooms except the original flight to Frankfurt. Don't want to cost Irene that extra $20 after all. I've not heard anything further and I'm a little sad about that, as there's a part of me that loves the idea of Irene flying to Frankfurt getting there and realizing all her connecting and return flights are cancelled. And I do wonder if she ever bought that house. But at least the emails have stopped. Update, I just heard back from the mortgage broker. Apparently I gave them all a good laugh. They realized I'm not Irene, of course, since my name is on the email and were just as frustrated with her as I was by her failure to sign and return the documents they had been emailing her. Apparently Irene is using a company email that's hosted in Gmail, so she signs into Gmail, but this is my interpretation. Her address is something like myaddress at herorganization.com. And once they told her that they had a request to cancel everything from the email address she had provided, she immediately sent them an email from her account. He thanked me because the documents need to be signed by Tuesday and Irene was giving them quite an earful because she had not received them yet. The travel agent just said, My apologies, we fixed the problem. You will not receive any further emails. Please delete the ones you've received. So, since I ended up helping her actually successfully buy her house, does this actually count as a good deed? Was OP truly successful here in reaching a net negative revenge? Going and canceling her vacation plans and... I mean basically trying to put a stop to them buying a house, only to then turn around and finally help her fix everything so she can still get the house. I don't know, considering the vacation plans, I'm gonna say this is still a net uh, going downstairs type revenge, but I mean OP did way more than they ever had to to freaking help Irene out with their stupid email problem. And our final story of the day is from Ask to Ask. I was able to simultaneously gain 30000 per year pension for my mother while wiping my piece of crap father's retirement. My father is the Canadian Satan. Growing up with him was less than fun, and I can assure you, based on witnessing it, he was a less than fun husband. I'd go on about what a piece of crap my father is, but instead I'll quote a judge. You're the most despicable human I've ever had in my courtroom. And that's coming from a family court judge. I read this winning endorsement of my dad's personality in the court documents I required related to his divorce with my mom. The same place I discovered the freakery he'd engaged in to steal from my mom. It's also where I found the information I needed to get one over on him so severely he's going to disinherit me. 
A frame of reference about my father is that he's a pathological narcissist and behaves exactly how those people are compelled to act. They aren't generous people, and punching them in the wallet is like a slap shot to the you-know-what from Gretzky. He's kind of like Donkey from Shrek, but also Joseph Stalin, a monstrous donkey. Chapter 1, Hosea 3.8 Those that sow the wind shall reap a whirlwind. Our actions always have consequences, and my padre has plenty to answer for. My attempts to hold them to account didn't jump to immediate jihad, they started with diplomacy and a therapist. About 10 months ago when our tale begins, I was going through some stuff. Stuff being a whole lot of PTSD related to both my dad's abuse and my job as a paramedic. He did a ton that affected me deeply, things that I needed to move past, along with all that other razzmatazz from 15 years of EMS. In so trying to move past and work through everything, I quit drinking, started turning my untreated PTSD into treated PTSD, and thinking having my dad involved might help me in our relationship. Well, I seriously freaking misjudged that one, so you'll probably be unsurprised to hear that that conversation went swimmingly. I'll spare you the lyric detail, but when I broached the subject with him, our back and forth degenerated into visceral hate. With him screaming at me that I'm a failed paramedic, liar, and piece of crap alcoholic. While I have a certain pride about my job, I have more pride in my 14 months sobriety. So hearing this from my old man might have caused me to behave a bit psychotically. I got right pissed off at him and decided to dig up every bit of dirt I could. See what kind of man he actually is and has been. When it was convenient, I hopped in the mystery machine before taking a trip to the courthouse to unleash my inner gumshoe. Everything's public record, so I bulk bought copies before retiring to my easy chair to read, plot, and pet my white long-haired cat. For good measure, I obtained a file of divorce document from my mother. Soon enough, I hit upon a line of inquiry worth following up on. It seems that, during the final settlement of my parents' divorce, 2002, my mother was awarded one-third of my father's employment pension. She was a stay-at-home mother and couldn't earn one herself, so it was given to her by a judge. Mighty freaking strange because my father, as he brags, took a nearly full pension and retired a bit early. No way that butthead was living the last 10 years after retiring early on a two-thirds pension. He isn't constantly witching about it. So I asked my mother if she was collecting a pension from his job or had cashed out the value, 100000 plus at the time, 20 years ago, no to both questions. Well, that's interesting. I wonder if that's collectible on and what 20 years of compound interest from a pension fund makes it worth. Well, I eventually did find out, along with the fact that my dear old dad had been collecting my mother's portion for 10 years, in hilariously open violation of a legal order from a judge. Why didn't my mother pursue this sooner? A combination of being unable to afford a lawyer, being his victim for 20 years, and pessimism after so much of his continued dodging obligation to the order, she just quit. There is effectively no statute of limitations he could hide behind because of the wording of the settlement. In so far as I could tell, I had him dead to rights, and my mother would be collecting. It would be a slam dunk. I just needed to hire a lawyer to help me, so I set out to find the most unbalanced, bloodthirsty psychotic who passed the bar exam. Chapter 2, 
at two, pension lady? As it says in the good book, screw unto others as they would screw unto you. So that's what I set out to do. The misanthropic sociopath I hired for legal counsel suggested we send him a demand letter to the pension office to try and remedy it before filing what would undoubtedly be an easy win for him. I agreed in spirit and instead phoned up the pension office and got put through to the woman managing my father's file. Well, she was a delight, and it was a trivial matter for me to get her to loathe my dad. We talked for 45 minutes, and I swear, if you'd given me another hour, I could have convinced her to suicide bomb his house. In all of our conversations about life, families, and relationships, we got down to some things of note. Since I could show her correspondence her office had sent to my father, CC'd with my mom on, some years ago, and ongoing for five consecutive years trying to resolve this matter, which he had ignored, she was more than willing to start the process on remedy immediately. Full cooperation from this lady in her office was a matter of merely providing documentation, and with my lawyer on retainer, this office was beyond asking my father to comply, they complied for him. About two months since I last spoke to my father, and he now had no idea his pension was about to take a serious hit. Below I'm going to break down how big a turd I put into his bowl of ice cream. My mother's portion was made whole and adjusted to reflect that her portion was brought to maturity and beyond, so his early retirement doesn't affect her fund. So he loses 10 years of valuation to her. He also retired three years early, which knocks him down now to 17 years of pension valuation, not 27. If you'd forgotten, my dad had been collecting my mom's money and was overpaid by 30000 per year for the last 10 years. Like I said, mom was made whole, so the pension company is going to claw back that overpayment from the base valuation of his current pension fund. I'm not exactly sure what that does to the number, but it effectively nerfs my old man's private retirement fund. He's got government old age pension that he took early too. Whoops. My dad did some awful crap to me, but I only had to suffer 17 years of him. My mom still has the high score at 20. As much as I did this for spite and malicious glee, I did do it to give my mom a chance at a proper retirement. Chapter 3 Glitter Bombs of Justice My mother started collecting her pension about three months after I contacted the pension office, and to celebrate, she bought tickets to New Zealand for the family for Christmas, so we can see our relatives. I was able to get most of my retainer from the lawyer back, and to celebrate, I went online to order a glitter bomb. I was able to ship it to my old man anonymously from another country. God bless the USA. I heard through my sister, he opened it up in his stupid red Miata. He'll never get rid of it. OP's just chilling in New Zealand with their family for Christmas, and they're having their very own keep the change you filthy animal moment while their dad's splashing that glitter all over the interior of that red Miata. What OP did here is fantastic, but I would even go as far as saying it wasn't even really revenge, it was what should have been happening. So OP did get back at them, but OP was only ever doing what was right from the very beginning. Some people might do this solely for spite, solely just to make somebody else's life worse. But OP was actually achieving all that while still correcting the order of operations on how any of this was supposed to work, which is awesome. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. 
Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.